Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's opening day for Major League Baseball, and fans all across the country have their jerseys and their hats all ready to support their team. Probably not Pirates fans, though. Why? Well, we were the worst team in baseball last year, and there doesn't seem to be an end in sight for this particular brand of suck. To put it nicely, the collective bargaining agreement that almost saw baseball completely was basically a contract from the Hunger Games, and our owner, Bob Nutting, signed off on it. Jason Mackey is the Post-Gazette beat writer for the Buccos, and he's just as frustrated as we are. It's Thursday, April 7th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Okay, Jason, we've been under the netting regime for 25 years. He's the 10th richest owner in the league, but the Pirates have been in the bottom third of payroll ever since he took over. Are we a bad team because we don't spend money? Um, objectively, yes. Uh, but I would argue <laughs> that, I mean, it's, it's hard to prop up the Pirates as being a good team, right? I, I have this discussion with people a lot that if you take money out of the equation with Bob Nutting, they haven't won enough. They haven't won enough baseball games or consistently enough to be considered a, a successful on-field franchise. And I'll give Bob Nutting credit for doing things in the community and the Pirates, you know, function in a way that's like wholesome and they help people. And, you know, we can have a whole discussion about how that's like an important part of being a professional sports team. But so is winning. And the Pirates haven't won enough. And I don't care what you think about Bob Nutting or his ways or how much money they spend. They haven't won enough. Can you win, though, without... Without spending that money, like I just I feel like the players that they they have had that have been um, like Andrew McCutcheon, a, a real fixture in the city, and then you know not spending the money to kind of keep him and and invest in players like that. So what's the balance there? Yeah, you can't. Um, a team I would I would use as a comp would be the Tampa Bay Rays and and the um, way Major League Baseball their like contract situation works. You have like basically six years of. There's more nuance to this, but I'll try to be quick with it. Like you have yeah. six years and they're three years of team control, three years of arbitration. Then you lose players to free agency. That's what happened with Andrew McCutcheon. And mm -hmm. when a player can become a free agent, obviously he has more choice in his contract or whatever. And the Pirates are trying to get guys on the early end of that spectrum. One of the reasons why it's tough for them is because they're not playing by the same rules as the Los Angeles Dodgers or uh, the New York Mets, because a lot of money is funded by TV contracts. So, I mean, I'm not defending the Pirates. Believe me, I would like to see them spend more money, but they're not entering a fair fight. So how do the Pirates spend their money? Like how much of that goes to the stadium versus TV contracts versus personnel? Yeah, well, that's one sticky thing with Major League Baseball. Um, I believe only two teams, and the Pirates are not one of them, have their books opened. Um, and hmm. we don't have a true picture of where the Pirates spend their money. And that's a criticism throughout the league. Right now, the Major League Baseball Players Association has an ongoing grievance filed against the Pirates and a couple other clubs on how they spend their money because the Pirates argue that they spend it on processes. And what I mean by that is like coaching, technology, um, their Dominican Academy, things at Pirate City, their spring training facility, practices, equipment, all this stuff. And like to a degree, I understand. Um, I also wonder, you know, how much they are pulling in at PNC Park and they might need those costs to fund minor league teams, to pay accountants, to pay photographers, mm. you know, to run a major league team. 
So is there any obligation for an owner to field a competitive team? Because it I'm not saying it doesn't seem like he's trying. I don't know what it what it's like to be a, an owner of a franchise, but is he required to actually try? Like does he have to answer to anyone? No. Um would be my short answer. Um wow. but you know, and and that stinks. I I'm not defending it. I walk this line all the time, believe me, between like, you know, what me as a fan, me as a Pittsburgh resident, you know, the, the, the native and all this stuff. Like, what do you want to see? Of course you want to see the Pirates be good. I would argue that one of the criticisms that's probably not lobbed enough at the Pirates that probably should is just making bad decisions, drafting poorly, making mm. poor trades, not being able to develop their own players. And that has nothing to do with spending money. And if you get like real nerdy about the baseball angle of it, like they've made some of the most lopsided trades in the history of baseball. Literally, that's not hyperbole. What are what are what are some big ones that you can think of? So, Chris Archer in 2018, they went out and got this pitcher mm-hmm. from the Tampa Bay Rays. He was supposed to be really, really good. And they sent away Tyler Glasnow, who has become one of the best pitchers yep. in baseball. Austin Meadows, an all-star outfielder, and like the player to be named, the throw-in was their first-round pick, Shane Boss. Archer never did anything in Pittsburgh. All three of those guys panned out in a huge way. That's a terrible trade, yeah. and those guys became tradable. Because the Pirates didn't develop them appropriately. They became stubborn. They said, like, we're going to do this this way. This is the only way to do it. And I mean, that's a terrible way. It's a terrible way to, you know, be a journalist. It's a terrible way to run a baseball team. It's a terrible way to be an accountant. Like, you say this is the only way you can possibly do things. Like, you're going to exclude a lot of people. So what would better development look like? Like, how should we be working with these promising players? So, so here's the thing with the Pirates and, and what they've done lately. I mean, first of all, you have to get them, right? You have to like actually draft good yeah. players and, and don't draft the wrong ones that like, you know, flame up. But they've drafted good players. And, and in Major League Baseball, the draft includes what's called a slotting system where teams have an alloc- a certain amount of money to spend. The worst teams have the most, the best teams have the least. And so the Pirates did a really good job this past year of executing the strategy. They went a little bit light on their number one pick, but still got a kid that was really good. They spread that money around to other picks. They wound up getting five of the top 100 prospects, which has never been done in Major League Baseball before. It was a really hmm. successful draft for them. Now, you take those guys and you develop them a bit differently, right? Like that's what you're talking about, how, how their player development strategy has changed. They're a lot more individualized than they've ever been in the past. Like um, a, a, an easy example for people to understand would be how they handled glass now. They basically said, you're going to throw this pitch because this is what we want. Sinkers is the, mm-hmm. the pitch that he would throw. Glassnow doesn't throw a sink. He's not very good at throwing a sink. He throws a curveball. He throws a fastball. So this new regime would say, okay, Tyler, so you throw a fastball and a curveball. Well, you do that. You do that really well. Screw this sinker nonsense. Like, that's not what you do well. We'll be flexible to, toward you. And so this new regime has been a lot more flexible for the player, which sounds like a simple concept, but when you deal with like pro sports and egos, it doesn't yeah. always come across that way. And in professional sports, there's there is usually a benefit in losing because, you know, if you're at the bottom, you end up getting the the best draft pick. So is there a benefit in not spending the money? Maybe investing in a long-term plan that for some reason we haven't seen pan out. Um, But is there a benefit in the way that the Pirates are running the organization or that Bob Nutting is running the organization? Yeah, I mean, that's a sticky subject around baseball right now, uh, aside from the Pirates, right? Tank, 
is what they call it. And like, yeah. is it better to stink for a couple of years, stockpile draft picks and get good again? Yeah. CBA just expired. They negotiated a, a, a new one and I'm not sure they really fixed it. Like it, it does kind of benefit the Pirates to stink for a couple of years, but stockpile draft picks and go at it anew, which is what they're doing. So I guess I would answer that by saying like, I don't think the Pirates are doing something egregious right now. It does fit in line with what mm -hmm. other major league teams are doing. I take a bigger issue with like their previous plans they didn't execute them well. They didn't they didn't do this. Like they got prospects and then they just stopped doing it. They stopped drafting well. They got stubborn. They did a bunch of stuff that wasn't necessarily like tanking because this is a system that is designed to sustain, but if you start making stupid decisions, it's going to end. And so speaking of tanking, now they've kind of changed the way that um the 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 draft works. So even if you are the worst team, in Major League Baseball, now you're entered into a lottery where the bottom six, you know, get get a pick. Um, so what's your read on the collective bargaining agreement? Do you think it it's helpful or hurting? Yeah, I really wish I had an encouraging answer for that, and I don't. I think it stinks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, I, I hoped that they would do something involving a capital floor, something to even things out, because I don't think the Pirates should be allowed to get away with spending just $35 million. I think teams... You know, that that's criminal to fans. Not criminal, but it's just like fans deserve more. And it, Bob Nutting voted for that collective bargaining agreement. So, uh, you know, seemingly is fine with it. It doesn't seem like it's a great decision for the Pirates. Um, I love that people call him bottom line Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just Does he still make money on, on a losing team? Like, so even though the team is losing, there's not necessarily butts in seats for every game. Is he still walking away with as much money as he probably would be if the if the Pirates were even a winning team? Yeah, I mean, look, he hasn't sold the team, so I would imagine it's fairly profitable for him. How profitable? I can't really tell you because we can't get a look at their books. Um, I would love to know what Bob makes in a given year. And you have people speculate about it. Even Forbes puts out its yearly valuations. And the Pirates, for what they are, do very well. Uh, but I, I push back against the theory that he's better off with them being bad. And I know that's not exactly what you're saying, but it's something I deal with a lot in my job where people say it's like in Nutting's best interest to stink. Like, why? If you win more games, more people come to the ballpark, you spend more money on players. You spend more money on players, you win more games, and more people come to the ballpark. I mean, it's a fairly simple business principle. Now, you know, I, I do think that the Pirates aren't making as much as people maybe think. Um, and I don't think mm -hmm. people understand as much is it costs to run a major league baseball team. But again, there has to be a way. And if you can't spend more more than $35 million on your team, maybe you shouldn't be owning a team. You think there's someone else who could do it better? Because he's turned down offers to sell before. And yeah. Bob has made it very clear that the team is not for sale. I know um, Mario Lemieux, who owns the Pens, Thomas Tall, who owns the Steelers, even Mark Cuban, who's from Pittsburgh, they've all put in offers to buy the Pirates, but he keeps saying no. So why does Bob Nutting continue to punish us like this? I talked to Bob about this last spring. I had a, a sit down interview with him and I asked him kind of like, why do you do this? Why do you, why do you continue to own a team? Like, why not, why not sell? Um, and he talked about a lot about his family's business legacy and how you're in the, he's like fourth generation running a business and you take a lot of pride in it and whatever. And like, I, I, I do get that. I do get that. But I also understand what you and others are saying that like, why don't give someone else a turn on the ride? You know, I would love to yeah. see what Mario would do. I would love to see what Thomas Tell would do or Mark Cuban, a 
You know, I will tell you this, like based on what Major League Baseball franchises are going for right now, the Pirates would be on the market for about five minutes. That I, that That's the general perception. And I, it's a great sports town. It's a great baseball town. People still do somehow, after all these years and all the damage they've done, they care about the Pirates. He would have no problem at all selling the Pirates for a lot of money. And I do think that like if Thomas Tull, for instance, he's the one most commonly cited with like if, if he would buy the Pirates, things would be different. Yeah. I do think yeah. things would be a lot different. I don't think pirate, the Pirates would be a small market team if you had a wild, crazy, and rich owner who just wanted to spend. This is a depressing conversation, Jason. Um, I'm just Welcome to that. my everyday <laughs> life. Every single day. And it's, it's such right. a long season. It's, yeah, you know, know, it's baseball's such a long season. There's so many games. And virtually every game, we just have to talk about how the Pirates have lost in some historic manner. You're the insider. You, you know what's going on. I'm just a disgruntled fan. What is your prognosis for this season? Are we going to win even like a little bit? <laughs> I, wish, <laughs> no, I, I, I wish I could give you a really like positive answer that I think they're going to surprise some people and I'd be lying to you. Um, I, I, if the prediction I've been giving is like 60 and 102, you know, another 100 loss here, 62 and 100, excuse me. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not going to be good. Um, at least the way I see it, the way it is right now, like anybody who's good, the way their business model is at the trade deadline, they'll be traded. So even if they have a strong start, you're going to see them, you know, ship a bunch of guys off for prospects. Um, and if they're not good, like some of these guys have a very checkered history in terms of major league production and they might stink. They might struggle. They might get hurt. If they get hurt. They don't have a whole lot of depth, especially on the pitching side. Um, so much is made about, you know, you can never have enough starting pitching and the Pirates probably don't have enough starting pitching. But I, I, I just I will say, like to any fans who are disgruntled with the major league product, invest in the minor league. It's cheaper. Um, it's more fun. You're seeing this stuff at the grassroots. They have a lot of prospects and yeah. their teams are really good. Drive to El Tuna. It's a great weekend. Uh, but it is tough for the major league product. I get that. Go to some minor league games. Check the schedule to go to all the games that have fireworks and bobblehead <laughs> nights. <But> yeah. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably the most that we're going to get out of this season. Jason, thank you so much for your honesty and for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Some more news before you go. If you're still itching for some baseball, the Pirates home opener is April 12th. That's 412 day. That's a lot of synchronicity against the Chicago Cubs. Now, will they win? That remains to be seen. But PNC Park just announced a bunch of, quote, significant enhancements to the fan experience. They're adding gathering spaces with better views of the field, new concession options, and some new play areas for kids. And voters in two special elections this week seem to have picked legislative replacements for both Mayor Ganey and his new chief of staff, Jake Wheatley. Results are still preliminary, but it looks like activist and social worker Arianne Abney will finish out Wheatley's term in the 19th district. And Democratic aide Martel Covington will take over for Ganey in the 24th. If they want to stay in office beyond this fall, both will need to run again in the upcoming May primary. And remember, we've redistricted, so all the boundaries will be a little different for elections from here on out. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Please rate us, leave us nice reviews unlike the ones that I leave for the Pirates, and subscribe to the morning newsletter. You can find us on social at CityCastPGH or search for CityCast Pittsburgh. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. 
I should like do something ridiculous with the news before I let you go. A little bit of news and see how they like that. 